I just want to take just a few moments and uh, just talk a little bit about the wise men and uh, praising God with eternity in view. I love to hear uh, Brother Paul Johnson quote the scriptures, don't you? And I'm so blessed by his heart for the Lord. And he came down to it when it came time to them to find Jesus. They, they bowed themselves down. These magi, these uh, the prominent men, wealthy men, uh, got on their hands in front of a little toddler. Not because he was a toddler, but because he knew he was the Christ child. And to think about all that God did to bring them to Jesus. A lot of things about this story that really rattle my cage. But one I think about uh, all it takes to get you and me to Jesus. You know, what had to happen for that to happen? Well, there's so many things I imagine. My story is different than yours, but I'm confident I don't know that I would stand here today or I would be a Christian were it not for a little Sunday school teacher in Knoxville, Tennessee, back in the mid-40s, that got a Sunday school class given to him by his church to work with little junior-age boys when he met my dad and his little brother Douglas, 11 and 10 years old, two young men who were growing up in a very difficult place. And I'm so glad that uh, that Sunday school teacher reached my dad with the gospel and his little brother Douglas and our uncle. I'm so glad that my dad passed it on to us and met my sweet mom and exposed us to a church like this one and to youth groups like this one and to Christian schools. How thankful I am that I was exposed to the gospel. I'm sure that, that uh, our story will go a lot farther back than what I just know about it. Your story is unique to you. I listened recently as I, I listened to Brother Stubblefield gave his story about what God did to bring him to the Lord Jesus Christ. When I think about uh, the many stories of folks I know in this room and what the Lord did to bring you to Jesus. What does God use to bring people to Jesus? What did he do to bring the wise men to Jesus? Can we look at this passage and we'll just point out a couple things. Chapter 2, verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of, the, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east uh, to Jerusalem. So these men had come, most likely from Persia, Babylon. Most people believe that they, they had read the writings of Daniel. And of course, Daniel gave in chapter 9 the approximate time when the Lord Jesus would come. So they put together some things. But then God gave them an instrument to help them know where not only the writings, potentially, of Daniel and the prophets in the Old Testament and those that were in Babylon at the time, they make their way there, but also a star, a human, an instrument uh, of direction he gave to them. Notice, if you would please, in verse number two, saying, There is a born, where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen the star, his star, in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod, the king, heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Boy, when you, one of the ways that God judges a nation is to give them wicked leaders. And I think we're being under judgment. <laughs> And certainly, Herod, uh, he was troubled, and any time you get a troubled leader, you get troubled people. And all Israel's, because now there's another king in town, supposedly, and he doesn't know anything about it. But they show up at his palace, and they ask for some help. Verse number 3, uh, verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written, 
uh, by the prophet. Of course, they took him to the scripture of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, written nearly uh, over 400 years prior to this time. Verse number 6, But thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, not the, uh, not the least among the prophets of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And of course, his questioning was finding out when did the star come up? So he wants to know how old that baby is. <laughs> That's what he wants to know. When did that star appear so he can know how old the child is he's going to be looking for if he needs to find him? Is he, is he going to be a few months? Is he going to be a few years? And it was determined that it was less than two years before that he found out how, when the star appeared. That was his big question, uh, is what, when did you first see the star? And so he's looking, and he's a, he's a very profane man, extremely jealous man, was known to have killed his own sons, killed his wife. Uh, anybody who gave a threat to his kingdom, he was extremely jealous about. And certainly this is historically speaking, not necessarily biblically, but uh, he wants to know how old this baby is that he's going to be looking for in just a few short uh, weeks. Well, let's look, if we can, please, at the next, uh, the next thought in verse, verse number 8. And he, Herod, sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come to worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they had lost in the big city lights of uh, Jerusalem, they saw in the east, went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was, and they saw the star, and they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now they have found their, their, their marker again. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child and with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures and presented to them gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, being warned to God in the dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. With this thought, real quickly, I just want to share, share with you just a couple of takeaways from this passage of Scripture, but also just to make some obvious, um, obvious uh, observations. You know, these men needed to find Jesus. And by the way, everybody needs to find Jesus. You, you, you're, not, you're not going to need to find a church. That's secondary. You're not need to find fellowship. That's secondary. You're not need to find a spouse. That's secondary. Everybody needs to get Jesus, needs to find him. And really, I guess uh, we don't find him. He finds us. We're the ones who's lost, right? But to get the wise men to Jesus, and by the wise men still seek the king of kings. Wise men still are interested in finding who Jesus is. And I'm glad that, that God calls them not just magi or not just rulers. He calls them wise men, men who, who uh, put their thinking cap on. A couple of things I think that God uses to bring people to Jesus. Number one is the ministry of the Spirit. Just like when God created the heavens and the earth, but the earth was out form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and the Lord God said. You know, the same thing that God did to bring this world uh, into existence or began the days of creation is what happens in my heart and your heart, and that is the ministry of the Spirit of God. Uh, Jesus said it like this in John chapter 3, The wind bloweth where it listens, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. See, so 
Spirit of God has to be at work. No conviction of the Holy Spirit, no true conversion in the life of a person. There has to be conviction. The Spirit of God must be there if someone's ever truly born again. And this is something every wise soul winner needs to understand. God is at work. He is at work in our world today, and His Spirit is moving, and He's working the lives of people. And you and I need to know that, that for people to get to Jesus, there must be a ministry of the Spirit. Number two, there must be a miracle of the star. Now, the star was an instrument that God put in the sky to draw the attention of the wise men to a location. And you know, the truth of the matter is, I think you and I are that star for people. God's working in our neighbors. He's working in our friends. He may be working in someone's heart right now. You're here today, and you know, and God knows that you're not saved. God is working in you. You don't understand what's going on, but the Spirit of God is moving. There is a ministry of God's Spirit. But there is a miracle of a star. And that is something that every one of you who are saved can, can reflect back and say, here was the person that God used me as a form of a star to show me where Jesus is. And that's what they followed. They, they knew some writings. They knew he was supposed to be over in the Middle East there in, in Israel somewhere, and they moved from there. But the star was what they kept their eyes on that brought them to that location. And dear friend, you and I are a star to someone else. You ought to want to be. At, tomorrow, when you wait, it's Christmas Day, ask God, Lord, make me a star to lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every day of our life, every Christian ought to be involved in personal soul winning. Listen, don't waste a day. Let God use you as a star because everyone who gets saved needs to have. Now, I don't know exactly why God has chosen that. You know, the Bible says when Paul was talking to the church at Corinth and they said, well, some people like Paul and some people like Apollos and some people like Cephas and some people like, I just only listen to Jesus. He said, well, who are we? We are just ministers that God gave to every man to show them the gospel message. You know, all of us ought to be ministers of God, just like that star, guiding people to the Lord. It might be the guy at the car wash. It might be the person at the, at the, uh, at the Dunkin' Donut. It might be someplace that you uh, the frequent. It might be your male lady, your mailman. All of us ought to be on soul patrol all the time. And be a star. Be a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ in your community, in your neighborhood. Be sensitive to those around you who need the help of God because we see that what God used to bring the wise men to Jesus is the same thing God will use in a symbolic way to bring our friends to Christ. Number one, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number two, the miracle of a star. But that in itself was not sufficient. When they got to the big city lights of Jerusalem, they could not find Jesus with just those two factors the Holy Spirit, and the star. They needed another factor. Do you know what it was? It was the message of the Scriptures. They find themselves going right to Herod, and they said, Herod, we're looking for the king. Oh, who is he? Where is he at? It bothered him so much. And the king didn't know, so he contacted the people who knew the book, the Scriptures. He brought them to the palace, and he said, hey, these guys are looking for a king of the Jews. you know anything about that? Where is he going to be born? Is anything in that book telling? And they said, oh, yeah, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, tells us that the king will be born in Bethlehem of Judea. From there, God would send his Messiah. But so now they have the three factors that bring people to Jesus. 
the ministry of the Spirit, the miracle of the star, and the message of the Scriptures. And with the information of the Bible, they walk out of that palace, and now God reunites them to a star again. You know, it's oftentimes a star. It's you and me when we're obeying the Holy Spirit of God that God creates curiosity to other people to be saved. But it's not enough. You and I need to be there to show them the Scriptures. I was talking to my son yesterday. He was telling me how he got to lead someone to the Lord, and I was so happy. So grateful that he got to sit down and talk to someone. Brother uh, Stan was telling me he got to go out and share the gospel with several people yesterday. And Boy, I'm always happy when that happens. I, I got to talk to some folks this morning, earlier this morning, before I came to the church early this morning, a little bit about the Lord. And I want to be more faithful in that area. But boy, uh, even though people have had the scriptures, they need still the star. And when they came out of the palace, the star appeared again. It was just a few miles away from them, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. is not very far, but far enough they needed still more direction. And then they came, and they came over the place where the star was, and there they found Mary and the, the young child. By the way, of course, oftentimes, even in probably this uh, nativity scene, you oftentimes see the wise men at the manger, but I don't think probably they came at the manger. They, at that time, he was already out of, a, out of a barn and into a home, into the house. No doubt the taxation had ended, but uh, Joseph kept, stayed in Bethlehem. Even though he's from uh, Nazareth, he stayed there, no doubt rented a home. They were meager. They had, they were, they had meager means, a small amount. As a matter of fact, when they went to sacrifice for Jesus, they brought two turtle doves, the smallest sacrifice you could give for, that you could offer to God for the birth of a child. And, uh, but they brought the turtle doves. But looks like they set up shop there, and he began working. I can imagine he wasn't even there, we don't think, whenever the wise men came. When the wise men came, there was just the wise men, there was Mary and the young child. And when they opened that, when she opened that door, I can imagine what might have happened to her mind as she opened there, and she saw these camels and possibly horses there, and see the men that have come, and older men, younger men, not necessarily only three men. Sometimes we, we sing the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, you know. But there were three major gifts, but there were, could have been multiple men, wise men that came. And I could just imagine them knocking on the door and seeing the star. I think, this is the house. Let's stop here. You knock on the door. Mary opens the door. Could you imagine the Lord Jesus in the background? And he says, you know, we're looking for the king of the Jews. We're looking for a baby a young child, and we think it's here. Do you know anything about that? I could imagine Mary being very gracious, but saying, yes, I know something about that. I've been pondering a lot of things in my heart, a lot of things going on. See, could we come in? And they came in, each of them bringing gold and silver and precious stones and, excuse me, and myrrh and things, and no doubt bowing down to a little child. And of course, he was the God-man. I can't imagine. I'm looking forward to seeing this in heaven seminar one day. But in the meantime, we know that they praised the Lord. They worshiped him. They saw him for who he was. And uh, I want to say another thing that kind of blesses me about this story. And of course, God uses the same thing to bring all of us to Christ. If you're here today without Jesus, can I let you know the ministry of the Spirit of God is at work in your heart and life? Trying to turn the light bulb on in your heart so you could say yes to Jesus not trying to get you to get baptized, not trying to get you to join a church, 
trying to get you to understand that we're sinners, we can't save ourselves, only Jesus could save us. It's the ministry of the Spirit. And there's someone in your life that God has put as a star to try to drive you to that understanding. Could be a sister, a brother, a dad, a mom, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker. Somebody's working. And, and if you've already been saved, then you need to be one of those people that's a star to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then people need to hear the message of the Word of God. Because faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. There's two other things that come to my mind when I think about this story. One of them is the means of the sovereign. You know, who was it that called the scribes and the Bible believers to the palace? Was it a Bible believer himself? It was a wicked, insane government leader. It was Herod. Isn't it wonderful to know that the sovereign God can use anything he wants to get people to the Lord? You know, even negative things that have happened to our lives, God can use those for his own eternal purposes. And then I think the last thing that comes to mind is the material substance. You know, when you see the word worship in the, in, the, in the Bible, worship in the Old Testament and giving were synonymous. They worshiped him, no doubt with praise, but they worshiped him with giving. You know, giving is not God's way of raising funds, it's God's way of raising us. God's a giver, and you'll never be like God until you and I learn to give. But learning to give of our substance to the Lord, our time, but definitely our finances. These men came, and could you imagine, of course, what would happen next is beautiful. But I, I don't know these men. I'm looking forward to meeting them one day. But uh, what would, I could just imagine Joseph coming home from work that day, opening door and seeing this gold and frankincense and myrrh and lots of it, and thinking, Mary, did you rob a bank? What in the world? What is going on? She said, honey, you wouldn't believe it. What happened is just unbelievable. I, I, I opened the door. These men came. They seemed to know that Jesus was the Messiah. They asked to come in. They brought in loads of this. And, of course, that night, the Lord would tell Joseph, Joseph, you need to take Jesus and go to Egypt and because Herod's going to come looking for you. And you need to get out of Dodge before he comes. I imagine the day before he didn't have enough money to get out of, get out of uh, there and go to Egypt. Boy, one thing you have to know, if you're going to travel, you need money. And you know, God provided what he needed, when he needed it, to not only go to Egypt, but to be sustained there while he was there. It's a beautiful thing. But also it's a beautiful thing to give to the Lord. And I'm so grateful to go to a church that gives to God of their time, their effort, their energy. I think every once in a while someone says, Pastor, you ask people to give. But you know the truth of the matter is, I think it's a wonderful privilege in this world to participate in the giving. I, I wouldn't want to be a part of a church that wasn't a giving church. And we can't worship God. Every once in a while people say, where's your worship team? That's the ushers. They're the worship team. Can't even, can't even worship the Lord genuinely without learning to give to the Lord. I want to encourage you to be participants in, in worshiping the Lord. We don't get to see him face to face, but one day we will. And he won't be a baby. He'll be our Savior, a risen one, 
and we'll want. And by the way, before he left, he said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Learn to give to the Lord. Let's pray together. Can we please?